Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, c'est bâti, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? No! I remember quite clearly it was 1946 and I was four years old. My mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it! My life has value! Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. I'm a man! Well? Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm Door. Adele, Leah, and Abdel, 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 Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh! Oh, I did not know that. Sorry, gentlemen, to keep you waiting. I'm always late, but I'm worth it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Film Waterby podcast. This is episode 64. Can you believe it? We're going to be talking about what defines a strong female character. So I've got a, a good collection of Girls joining me as girls, women, kick-ass, kick-ass females. So film for towels. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. That's good. I like that. Um, I, so this is my Supergirl squad, um, and uh, joining me today, I've got Becky. Hello. Um, I've got another special guest. I've got Katie joining us. Hello. And also uh, one of our regulars, Audrey. Hello. Hello. And last but not least, Robin, because we had to have a male join us for Hello. equality. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the rocks. I'm ready for the <laughs> So I'm quite excited to discuss what a, a strong female character is. I think before we sort of get into unpacking that, um, I would love to get your sort of role models in uh, growing up in in film uh, and who you saw as a child being a representation of a strong female character so Audrey it'd be great to get your sort of take on this oh start with me um (laughs) well this is like maybe not from my child childhood this is probably my teen years but I remember seeing this movie um it's like a, a Susan Seidelman movie that nobody really saw called Making Mr. Right, and it came out in the 80s. And um, it was always on TV when I was, you know, growing up. And there was this, the woman who was in the movie was just, she was a businesswoman, but in like sort of in a publicist type role. So it was like creative and cool. And I just remember her walking into um, a meeting um, that was like full of men and she was she was late for the meeting because she was like doing her makeup in the car and like putting her heels on and stuff and then she's like I'm sorry I'm late but I'm always worth it and I just really liked the confidence that that took to just be like look this is the thing about me um, I'm late but I will do a great job for you because that's kind of how I feel about I'm I'm constantly late and so I just I, I saw her and I was like yes this is this is who I want to be when I grow up 
Um, I love that line. I'm going to have to use that next time I'm late for a meeting. <laughs> I love the fact that she's just, like you say, the confidence to walk into a room full of men and just yeah. be like, yeah, I'm late. Deal with it. And just, um, like, to know your worth, like, that yeah. this, how good you are at your job means that they're just going to have to put up with this other thing about you is, love it. Um, Katie, what about you? Were there any sort of female ca- characters that you sort of uh, admired growing up at all? Well, it was difficult for me. Um, I think because because I'm, I'm a British-born Chinese, it was hard to find role models I could relate to, especially those set in a westernized premise like up up until recently it's like chinese characters weren't very weren't a staple in in um, popular culture but uh, so i think when i was growing up i related more to the lead protagonist in studio ghibli films so i think for me growing up with um uh, Shita from uh, Castle on the Sky, or, or Laputa, if you want to call it, or even Nausicaa, I could relate to those characters and uh, see them as role models because they were they were young characters that had a load of responsibilities, but they didn't shy away from the like the the pressures of it. They just took it as it is, and they were still remained relatable. They still remained humble towards their destinies or or and they just they would they were down-to-earth characters and they weren't defined by what they looked like or how or their social position so for me those were the kind of characters that I could aspire to growing up and up until yeah up until recently it kind of um it brought me to think it made me realize that appearance shouldn't matter Mm. it shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter what you look like on the outside to be strong. Exactly. It's um, it, it, Appearance isn't everything. And I think that, you know, it kind of, with a strong female character, kind of gets defined as that they have to look a certain way um, to, be, to be defined as strong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is, you know, problematic. But, um, and Becky, what about you? Um, so, yeah, I was just thinking about this. I didn't, Growing up, I don't remember like being particularly aware of that, but kind of looking back, probably the character that first really struck a chord the was Claire Danes as Angela Chase in My So-Called Life, which it was an absolute travesty. It only lasted for one series, um, and I just hadn't seen a portrayal of sort of the, the the teenage girl experience. I still felt like it was a much more like kind of spots and all, um, you know, look at what it's like to be a teenager like there were the dramatic highs and lows but it wasn't like you know people were kind of flawed um girls whose sort of first crush was probably you know your man uh Jared Leto <laughs> being at her first crush as well and kind of uh, being you know she was my age she was someone who struggled to kind of make friends and kind of became more confident as it went along but um with plenty of sort of tears and you know difficult situations sort of thrown into it and you saw her, her best friend who was much cooler than her the very grungy Ray Graff but I related way more to Angela because she was like 
struggling you know you can't imagine like claire danes looking in the mirror and not thinking that she's pretty but you know this was like the mid 90s and no yeah probably not explaining that very well but that definitely the, the first one for me i would say um robin i, I was going to throw this question over to you right yeah well <laughs> well obviously i could just say that when i grew up i i loved films so i mean something like Princess Leia, obviously from Star Wars. I didn't want to aspire to be her, but I wanted to be Han Solo. But you know, she she was a character that stuck with me. Now, as an adult, I can look back and see how strong uh, she was. Any 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 role by Diane Keaton, I would say, back then. Uh, and Tess McGill from um, Working Girl, which is the epitome of you know success successful woman uh, in the workplace. So that those are the ones that stand out for me. Not role models, but they're the ones I grew up with. Mm. It's funny you should say Diane uh, Keaton, because I remember a film called Baby Boom. Yeah, I was thinking Do you... that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if anyone has heard of that, that movie at all, but um, she plays like a, a New York businesswoman who's sort of like obsessed with her job. Uh, and then um, a relative sort of dies and she's um becomes the legal guardian for a baby i just couldn't hand her over to a woman who called her husband sir it gave me the chills her whole life flashed before me and suddenly i saw her in frosted lipstick wearing a dairy queen uniform oh, look, anyway steven i can handle it i really can a lot of working women do it eleanor roosevelt jane Polly, ethel kennedy ethel kennedy ethel... all right so she doesn't work but a lot of people do it I just don't think you know what you're getting into. You have no right, experience. My mother had a doctorate in parenting. You learn. I'm telling you, you should see me diaper now. I am so totally brilliant at it. And um, you know, it's it's a bit cheesy, but I I like that kind of like she sort of has to balance the two. And I I just think and the baby's really cute in that movie. But uh, I just really liked her because she was kind of um, I liked her suits and. Um, the bit bad 80s um, hair and shoulder pads and that type of thing. Um, but for me, I think I really sort of related to Matilda uh, because she was kind of quiet. She liked reading. She was. Um, I found her like as a, a character who wasn't strong physically, but it was her mind and her sort of intelligence that set her apart. And I just found like I could really relate to her sort of, um, not that I have magical powers, but um, <laughs> I just sort of could understand like the loneliness that she had and everything. So to me, she was a, a really great character and I think, you know, um, was someone who I thought I, I saw myself in. So I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but when I was asked this question um it was kind of harder than i thought it would be to think of a lot of different female role models in film that i had because i can think of a few but i feel like we're so conditioned to identify with male characters just because there's so many more of them and there's so many different types of male characters and um where we're sort of kind of not forced to identify with them but like if there's so many more of them that if you're waiting around for the perfect female role model that kind of identifies everything that you see in yourself, like you're going to be waiting for quite some time because there's just not that many great female roles out there. Um, no, I agree, Audrey. Um, sorry to chip in, but it's just uh, 
I think up until recently, there's been a moment. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> what was that? Um, there's like an, a noticeable demand for stronger female protagonists, not just in like you know in the action genre, but in the drama genre as well, where you know when there's more there's an increased awareness of women being judged by what they can do and not what they how they can look which is what yeah. what most films tend to gear towards it's you know you don't when you think about the women in like film noir and things like that you tend to remember what they look like like for instance becky you might re- appreciate this uh, like gilda rita hayworth and gilda you kind of remember like that infamous hair flip in yeah that was referenced in Shawshank Redemption you don't you kind of if you haven't seen the film you probably wouldn't realize that she is spoiler a femme patel so mm. there was this there's almost you're almost yeah Yannick, I agree Audrey you're almost preconditioned to think of see certain like female characters in a certain way but you but there's now a responsibility for them to be portrayed in a different, more modern and smarter way. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's really interesting. Um, and also, I was thinking, Audrey, your point about that being the question, you know, have thought of one in my whole childhood, but I think that does come down to the fact that I just didn't see those characters. I mean, B, you mentioned Matilda, who I think of as a literary character because I never saw the film. Um, um, but film-wise, yeah, I grew up loving Princess Leia, but probably wasn't really aware of her as significant as a character until I was older. So most of the characters I kind of grew up loving, I didn't necessarily latch onto a sense of them until, or interesting female characters until probably, yeah, that pivotal moment in my so-called life because it was it was just kind of something completely different um and there was uh, there was an arc in a not completely surface teenager way you know it was very true to the kind of teenage experience i felt you know like i said even though i was living thousands of miles away and living in a very different high school experience it still felt like it was the first thing that i guess spoke to me in that way um and it was a long time after that before i saw anything that came anywhere near it because i grew up in the era where people love buffy but it, I didn't watch it. Certainly, there was everything that came after that was very glossy, like the OC and to a certain point Dawson's Creek. Um, you know, I, I mean, I like Dawson's Creek, but there was certainly, and you know, and probably Jen actually, I could see there was something in her beyond the cheesiness of the material. If that makes sense. I didn't. I didn't feel deprived as a child, but like it's so wonderful to see now. Like when you see little girls dressing up as Rey or, you know, from Star Wars or Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel and just seeing something on screen that they just never really, like, they see themselves there. And, you know, I didn't feel like we didn't have that, but I I only kind of notice it now when I'm seeing these kids, you know, getting that experience. I I, Even though she's from Disney, I sometimes see loads of girls dress up as Elsa, but when you think about the, the significance of Elsa and Frozen... Mm. It, it tends to be the better of the two that, compared to Anna. Um, so let's get into it. What what we what do we sort of define as strong? Um, so are we talking strong as writing or strong as in like a strong, powerful female, like a, a strongly written female character? Well, um, well, let's go with strong 
a powerful female character? I think the biggest thing is um, having a character who has flaws and isn't perfect, but finds ways to overcome um, anything that's in their way. And um, it, yeah, it's important to see like the obstacles that are that are placed there, both in their own personality and then external obstacles. But that because they always say, you know, the thing is not about not being scared. It's about being scared and doing it anyway. Um so I think that's always important to have sort of the dynamic of not just being this perfect character who always knows the right thing to do and the the right thing to say and like the right, you know, karate move to to take a because I think that was kind of a big thing in the 80s. You would see sort of female characters that were just like superheroes and they were perfect and they were always right and then um, it's not very nuanced, and it's not very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I think the mm-hmm. idea of confidence in your own self is quite important because you know how is that certain, I found while growing up, certain female characters were reliant on other people, and they didn't they didn't really have the the confidence in their own abilities. Like for instance, um, Helen Slater's Supergirl. And then um, we all watch Supergirl. <laughs> Oh, version. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, so, about that film. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, well, well, she didn't even have conf- she didn't have confidence in her own abilities, but it's the idea that she has that strength to conquer her demons and actually go ahead and save the day. That was, you know, that 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 can take strength. It's not it's not the idea that you have to com- be completely reliant on someone to help you. That's true. I, I think it's it's the case of if I want I want my characters to um, have a weakness and, and overcome that and and know uh, and have a journey because it's kind of a bit boring if you just see them. So uh, yeah, I was interesting the point about um, is it do you mean strongly strong or strongly written? I actually wrote a piece about this a few years ago. Because I wanted to unpack what that meant, um, and I think term strong female character. I mean, Netflix now has its own category, which is uh, films featuring a strong female lead. Uninterested in whether or not they're liked, because likability is such a loaded term, and it's so gendered, it's so pushed onto women more than men. A lot of male characters do not care less whether they're likable or not. I'm thinking of films like, you know, Young Adult from a few years ago with Charlize Theron's character, and she's, you know, she's a. a an actor who's done everything from the sort of indie films to the big, you know, obviously, you know, Fury Road. But, you know, in Young Adult, she is playing, effectively, like an anti-hero. She is, sometimes she's just, she's very empathetic, but at other times she's utterly frustrating. But yet she's compelling to watch from the beginning to the end. You don't necessarily all agree with everything she does, but you can also see there is some a sort of pain that is beneath the surface, but it's, it's, not, it's not all 2D. It's not all, oh, well, she's acting up because she had a bad time in her marriage or this happened. It's like, isn't, isn't done through, you know, ex- exposition in the dialogue. It's just in sort of, you know, smaller moments that, that tell, you know, that's maybe unseen by the other characters in the film, but we get to see. Because those, to me, are the standouts of, characters where where there's strength in 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 a lack of interest in popularity i suppose Mm. that's a very good point i think yeah there is this sort of almost like a pressure that if you're going to have a a a female main character you you do want her to be to be liked um 
and I, I think I've, I generally prefer my characters to be a bit rough around the edges, you know? Um, I was just thinking, I've just written a piece about Julian, um, Julianne Moore's character in Maps of the Stars, where she plays this, like, awful character oh, who yeah. is <laughs> completely crazy. Um, but I think is a really well-written character, and she delivers an excellent performance because she's got the material there um yeah and they're all toxic in that film yes that's true there's no <laughs> one who's, there's no likable characters in that um but you know what she wouldn't be what you define <laughs> as a you know when you think of strong female characters she wouldn't be the first one that springs to your mind um so it's really kind of how we measure what strength and um, define the word strong. Um, some of the greatest, well, some of the greatest characters like Scarlett O'Hara, you know, she's she's not wholesome and, and wonderful. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of bad points to her. She's she is heroic, but Amy Dunn in Gone Girl or um, Glenn Close in everything, you know, uh, Dangerous Liaisons, you know. <laughs> You would, I would watch that film every day for that performance, yeah. but I don't like that character. But you're not, but you're not supposed to, are you? You know. I often wonder how you managed to invent yourself. Well, I had no choice, did I? I'm a woman. Women are obliged to be far more skillful than men. You can ruin our reputation and our life with a few well-chosen words. So of course I had to invent not only myself. But ways of escape no one has ever thought of before. And I've succeeded because I've always known I was born to dominate your sex and avenge my own. You know, strong characters like that that are particularly. Um, there's a Russian film called Loveless. I don't know if any of you have seen it. The the, the mother in that is a really strong uh, character. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the boy goes missing. That's the plot. It's not a spoiler, and she's she doesn't she does care, but she doesn't really show it. And she's quite callous. She's quite mean to her, to her husband who's split up. But she's a really strong character. You know why she's doing that, and and you kind of you follow her all the way. Yeah, I honestly I feel like s- screenwriters and filmmakers and even critics kind of approach this idea of uh, a strong female character like it's some form of like alien calculus that's so hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like the bar is pretty low. Like if you put a woman on screen who is she functions as her own person, not merely as an extension of a male character on st- on screen, but like as her own person. And I believe that she's had a life before the movie begins and that she will have a life after the movie ends. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on board. That's that's all I really need. <laughs> I, so I, I feel like, I don't know, there's a lot of times where, like, male screenwriters are overcomplicating it because they, they are overcompensating because they don't want to, like, seem like they're... Um, you know, if, if they depict anything less than perfect, is that a statement on what they think about women and all this stuff? And... It's like, if you just make her a person, I'm happy. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I find, like, with sometimes it, it becomes a little bit too forced. Um, and I just don't believe that that character... Because, come on, like, you know, we're not perfect people. And I know we're pretty good. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we all have our flaws. And 
I just feel like you say it's we want that history to that character we want to believe that they have are fully rounded and I love the fact that you say like we want to see you know believe that they've had a life before the film and they're going to have a life after the film trusting that yeah. they survive all the way to the end I've just looked up a list uh, of what are defined as strong female characters as the top 10 sort of you know these top 10 lists and obviously um we touched on a a few already but um one that seems quite popular is ripley from the alien series um is she what we sort of would define as a strong female character yeah i think so because um she's not actually if you pay attention to the credits you know how like the lead characters are always credited first she's not no. But the fact that she ends up um, surviving until the very end and taking on this seemingly invincible threat with only her with only desperation and survival in hand is you know it, for me and and the fact she she is so engaging she want you want her to survive that that for me is a good is a strong female character she doesn't crumble she doesn't reduce herself to tears she doesn't despair at the fate of her comrades she just she's she's just driven yeah and she's quite ballsy in that respect so i i totally agree with that yeah i would too i think that's yeah absolutely true and also you know she's not there to be rescued they're all they all need to rescue they need to work together to rescue each other because they're all in a bad situation that's incredible and actually I saw that slightly too young at the age of 11 so actually probably Ripley was my first film example where I was just like wow that looks amazing and also cool I want to run around and blast an alien in the face (laughs) (laughs) she is also caring as well like in terms of how she looks after Newt um, even going back for the cats at the end of the first Mm. film like you know Ripley's character that is you know complex you know you she goes on a journey also going going back to the fact that she was in this predominantly male environment um she also you also notice her take a stance on authority she was the one that did wanted to quarantine the group after they discovered the alien ship but when events happened and then she progressed into the de facto leader you want that kind of thing to to you want that kind of quality to appear in a strong female character because they're not being dominated by another male character of superiority mm. yeah because she stands up to dallas doesn't she the, the yeah the captain yeah. she has this militaristic presence yeah ash any suggestions from you or mother no, we're still collating. <laughs> you what? You're still collating? I find that hard to believe. What would you like me to do? Just what you've been doing, Ash. Nothing. I've got access to Mother now, and I'll get my own answers. Thank you. Yeah, and she's the one that they rely on for the second movie because of her experiences. Oh, let's we can tick 
Ellen Ripley off the list. <laughs> she gets to stay on the list of super kick-ass women. Um, next uh, I saw was Lara Croft um, from the Tomb Raider films. Um, anyone? <laughs> I've never seen them. They didn't look like my bag. Neither did I, to be honest. But I just remember, you know, growing up, the Lara Croft was one of those most unlikely sex symbols <laughs> because of how she was depicted in the in the you know in the, in the games, and I think this carried on, and then the Alicia Vikander version tried to dispel this this symbol of physical perfection but mm. i think i think there was this air of being of it being tainted the whole franchise being tainted by this by this depiction mm. so that's how i thought anyway yeah i always thought that i remember the playstation games it was just like she's running around in really tight shorts in a tight top um <laughs> and she's supposed to be an archaeologist okay <laughs> Uh, well, I, <laughs> the accurate depiction of uh, field work, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't see Indiana Jones running around like that. That's all I'm saying. Um. <laughs> He'd look great in short shorts. <laughs> so I can't speak intelligently about Tomb Raider because I have not seen the movies. But for me, it just feels like it was a character that was created as an object of male desire in video games. Oh, I don't know if I really want to include it, but I haven't seen the movies. Maybe they're great and wonderful. And okay, so uh, sorry, Lara Croft, you're out. Perhaps um, <laughs> Chun Li in Street Fighter Two. Chun Li, I can get on board with that. Oh <laughs> I can get on board with that, but no, no. Just mentioned Sarah Connor, who um, I love Terminator and Terminator Two. Like I saw those films. Probably like with Becky, way you know, with Alien, like way too early to be watching those type of movies. Uh, but yes, I would say that Sarah Connor is an excellent example of a strong female character. It, it, there's just so much going on with that character. I mean, she is a little cartoonish in places and has a really weird run in the second Terminator film. It has to be said. Uh, you know, there's there's the whole. She goes through such like mental anguish, and you know, like this is the whole, you know, just the head spinning factor of at what period of time she is, you know, timeline she is versus her son. She's she's in constant conflict, um, and also you just sometimes you just like, God, you know, you must just get really sick of people trying to do away with you. <laughs> so, and she really does, you know, she really just keeps on going. Um, and apart from anything else, Linda Hamilton part with James Cameron for years. So I think I think she I think she wins. On she two wins. levels, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I was just going to say, I spoke, um, I asked my wife which which Sarah Connor do you think is the strongest, the one from the first or the second? Because everyone's going to say the second, but when you think of the first one, this is just this very meek, ordinary woman who has to deal with that. With a, and there's no like the cartoonish stuff that, that you mentioned. There's none of that in this. This is just like, okay, so does a robot kill me? Uh, coming to terms with that. You know, mm. and surviving, and at the end, if you imagine the the ordeal, which is even if people didn't believe her in the second one, what happened? I think she still would have been very severely damaged by it, and thus why she's so aggressive in the second one. But it's difficult to call because they're both very different characters. But you can see why she gets to where she is in the second one. You know, 
the, mm. the trauma of it. But yeah, the first one definitely is still a strong female character. Yeah, I get chills mm. at the end when they say like, you know, that they say, oh, a storm is coming. And then she's like, I know. It's yeah. like, she, she yeah. knows like her duty is I to... Think it's, I think, sorry, sorry, B. Oh, have... no. <laughs> sorry. With, I think with um, Sarah Klein's character, it goes back to our argument of what defines strong. Because, mm. Robin, you're right. She has got a good... She has this mental strength that... And, that meet that put her in the hands of Kyle Reese, so to you know to avoid the apocalypse. But then all these experiences lead her to this physically strong character in the second film. Lieutenant Traxler. Look, Lieutenant... Don't come in, Walter. Don't transfer me to another department. Don't worry, I won't. I just relax. Can you tell me where you are? I'm in this bar called Tech Noir. Yeah, I know it. It's on Pico. Are you all right? Yeah, but I don't want to leave. I think there's a guy following me. All right, now listen, Miss Connor. Now listen carefully. You're in a public place, so you'll be safe till we get there. But stay visible. Don't go outside or even to the restroom. I'll have a car there in a hot minute. Okay. And you can also actually see the cracks in, in her conscience as the second film progresses. So you can kind of see how the, even though the mental, toll, mental anguish takes its toll, she does remain strong because she has to have to put through it through a lot to get to this stage. Yeah, so Sarah Connor, she is uh, allowed to stay in the list of awesome women. So uh, good so far. So good so good far. Good hit rate so far. Yes. Next one is Lucy. Um, Mm. Nah. Lucy who? <laughs> uh, Lucy from uh, Scarlett Johansson's character in, in the film Lucy, the uh, young woman who unlocks the full potential of her, the human brain that allows her to gain incredible abilities. Feels like a lazy choice, that one. Did, it, did a man write this list by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, from, it's on the list of variety, but I'm judging so from yes, it. Then. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. If we're going to do Luke Besson, then we have to say probably it's probably Natalie Portman in Leon is probably the strongest because he does a lot of female, you know, Mia Jovovich in uh, Fifth Element. But she's also on the list. Yeah, I thought she might be. Of course she is. But when you said Matilda at the beginning, I was like, yep, yeah, Leon, absolutely. But you were talking about well, down Matilda. You know, <laughs> Matilda in Leon is what that kid has to go through before she even decides to befriend an assassin um, oh, yeah. and have to come and stand up to Gilman's character who is absolute menacing that's terrifying one of the best and a child actor as well not only killing people you don't give a shit about you won't get the bastards who killed my whole family revenge is not good Matilda believe it's better to forget to forget after I've seen the outline of my brother's body on the floor, you expect me to forget? I want to kill those sons of bitches. I'm going to blow their fucking heads off. Nothing's the same after you've killed someone. Yeah, I 
I don't count. I wouldn't put Lucy on this list. No, so swap and take that off and put Matilda on, okay? Yeah, well, I 100% would put Matilda on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah me too. Sure. Yeah. Well, sorry, Lucy, you've been kicked off. So um, email into your way then, so we'll just... No, not anyway, right, can you please check uh, this? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, on this list is Hit Girl from the film Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. And she does kick-ass, to be honest, and she chops people up and, you know... Yeah, um... she's a small child, isn't she? I haven't seen. I've never seen Kickass. Yeah, she's a small child. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon that's probably a good shout from the little yeah. I know of it. Yeah, especially, especially what happens in the second film because she actually goes a lot more that teenage. What she kind of overcomes in her in her personal life mm-hmm. in high school. In in high school, it makes it. Yeah, I I would definitely put up there. Okay, I'm keeping with the young. We've got X twenty three from the film Logan. Yeah, I want to see a fight between her and Hit Girl. No, she's great. Yeah, she's great. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of superheroes here, which also yeah, not my genre. There are a lot of um, action-based roles here. Neither. I think we should remind ourselves that you don't have to be physically strong to be strong. You can also be mentally strong. Yes, absolutely. And and I'm thinking actually, I'm, I'm very. I'll be very surprised if the young woman from True Grit is on there. But I think she probably deserves. If we yeah, definitely. Ah, oh, what a great character! What a great. Her resilience through her. the entire film. Yeah. Superb, isn't she? Well, well I was thinking. Fearless, oh, I was yeah. Sorry, sorry, come on. No, I just said fearless. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking it was just because when I was saying when uh, we were going through this list, a surprise someone kind of pops into my head was Elle Woods, Reese Witherspoon's character in Legally Blonde, because mm. even though she's this this blonde bombshell, she actually you know she's smart. She she's actually really smart, and she, she manages to get into Harvard. She studies her ass off. She doesn't, and you know she kind of puts up with these assumptions that she's just this blonde bimbo and you know manages to save the day by using her brain yeah yeah um yeah. she's sadly not on this list oh um, boo is she is a goal oriented <laughs> yeah the, um uh, the next one on this list is hermione from the harry potter series yeah she's magical i suppose I just feel like I, I am getting kind of like it's maybe a cheat if it's po- if it's a character that's so heavily based in literature and <laughs> I don't know because I, I love Hermione and she's a great character but I I think of her as a book character. Mm. Yeah, me too. What about yeah. um, Hush Puppy from uh, Beast of the Southern Wild? Yeah. Oh, yes. Ah. Um. <laughs> Also, I would say um, uh, the little girl from um, the Florida Project. Oh, of course. Oh, she's great. Aww, little cutie. Yeah. Or Wave uh, Rider. After yeah. Great one. Our list that we're coming up right now is better than this one on Variety. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah. going to say. Well, there's Katniss Everdeen, who again is a literary character. 
another action hero. Yeah. Right. So, what about yeah. what about the what about the girl in um, uh, Battle Royale? You know, the similar sort of storyline, but made in two thousand. That's no. that's. I know it's not on there. I can tell you that now. But, <laughs> but why not replace that with this one? You know. I don't know. There's so many female characters that have like individual traits that are quite. You know, you, I don't know if you could really call them ballasto. Yeah. That's what I think. I think is I think I think I kind of I think you know the one that you're referring to, um, Robin. It's a yeah. meat skull. The one who do, I think she's more a femme fatale than a badass heroine. Yeah, I mean, there's two. There's one who kind of gets to the end, and then there's the one in the yellow, but who doesn't last long. But she's kind of got a bit more gusto about her. But the, oh yeah, the girl from oh she's from um, also in Kill Bill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Tarantino, um, I actually think I would put Shoshana from Inglorious Bastards on this on my list. Who wants to send a message to Germany? I have a message for Germany. That you are all going to die. And I want you to look deep into the face of the Jew who's going to do it. That is a great one. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. she's such a good female character. She's so complicated and just... I think she's also underrated. Everyone's, you know, when everyone's lit on Glorious Bastards, they always think of Hans Lander. And I think he's a great character. But so Shan is also great as well. Talking about Tarantino, the bride is on this list. Obviously. Yeah, um, definitely. Even though yeah. know, it's a very, uh, it is an action oriented role, she does have to pull up a whole load of crap. Yeah. Mm. From from Quentin Tarantino. Um. Yeah, specifically him. <laughs> <laughs> Alice from Resident Evil films. No. Oh, it's getting, God. it's getting silly now. Um, Black Widow is on this list from um, the Marvel films. Do we? I mean, okay. I don't know who she is. <laughs> a guy who has only seen action movies just made this list based on movies that he has actually seen and did not do any research and was just like, okay, yeah. these are the movies I've seen. Let me pick yeah. ten it women just from them. He used to watch loads of women in action films. Yeah. Yeah. I think he clearly has a thing for Scarlett because she's been on this list twice now. <laughs> uh, Trinity is on this list from The Matrix. Like, again, level, oh. level suits. What's going on here? <laughs> I just hate The Matrix. I don't know, and that's going to be a controversial view because people think it's amazing. <laughs> First one, not the second or third one, though. Boring. No, I hated the original one. Just absolutely couldn't, didn't get into it at all. So I can't really remember anything about Trinity other than thinking, why is everyone so po-faced in this very over-the-top <laughs> film? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, feel like Trinity could maybe work in the first one, but then after that, you could make an argument for her. But then after that, they just kind of made her into Keanu Reeves' love interest, and that yeah, was all yeah. she did. Yeah, it was awful. Mm. There was there was that part in the second film where they kind of try and recoup the fact that she is this amazing heroine, but in fact that she just can't ended up being at the end of having to be saved by Neo. So it was just a bit uh, oh. Not the same impact, really, is it? I forget that she's even in the other films because she has so little to do. Yeah. Uh, it's not... 
Uh, whereas in the first one, she definitely had more of a role. And, you know, she actually was the one that pretty much saved him, I think, you know, at the end of the first film. But well, yeah, yeah. And at the opening scene, which was good. Mm. Yeah. Look uh, at she says. Dodge this. I can't uh, remember any of this. You need to <laughs> <laughs> you don't it's okay. It's I've all right. taken whatever the colour of pill that go away. <laughs> you, turned it, you turned it off by this point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh God, this list just gets worse. Uh, Eon Eon Flux. <laughs> no, this, this is Flux. This is not, this, this list is now painful. I'm just gonna... Someone got paid it a is, lot of it... money to write this list too. No, no. Well, I, was, I know. We've done a list. We did a we did a hundred um, kick-ass females, and what I wanted to do was have some of these on there, you know. But a lot of them is like you know, Juno from Juno, and you know some of the old, oldest roles like Doris Day had played, or Love Call, those characters. You know, where the mentally strong as well. And yeah. this, this doesn't seem to be interested in that, you know. No. Yeah, I mean, I, even if you're going for, like, a very genre film list, if, I'm surprised they've missed out. I don't know, maybe they'll get to it, but horror. Like, where's, like, Laurie Strode and no, people like that? Yeah. Not at not, all. No, no, no. Not at all. That's insane. It's like well, the... I just say that this list was actually released on Variety to celebrate Captain Marvel. Oh, um, God. So it was this year. So, yay! Oh, wow. Well done. Someone who only watches a very narrow pool of film. <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, that was it. That was... Uh, if you enjoyed that. Um, because... <laughs> well, <the riveting. laughs> what about Mad Max Fury Road? Is, is she on there? Yes, she was on there. Uh, a few other people. Because she's got, a, um, like, a story. She's got, like, a place, you know, yeah. in that movie, so... But she was not number one. Well, was number one? No, it was, it was Ripley, wasn't it? No. Aeon Flux. That's, Aeon Flux was that's number rid- one. That's ridiculous. That's no. Right, unfollow. Right. Sit down. <laughs> Block. Uh, so, Sorry, right. I'm perplexed by that. How can that be number one? I don't know. I what don't know. standards did they did they give their criteria? No, they didn't. <laughs> there was no criteria Is it on in the that. Verse, perhaps? Um, it was oh, whatever yeah. the the writer was who he found was attractive. As you yeah. notice, there were no older women on that mm-hmm. list. Oh God! Yeah, this this is quite grim. <laughs> I suddenly felt the need to go shower. <laughs> And it kind of says a lot about the target audience, I'm sorry. It's like, this, yeah. this is incredible. It, people are going to actually agree with this list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how, so what have we learned from Variety then? That there's so obviously... There's not a lot of variety, ironically. <laughs> Confirm that your writers have seen movies before commissioning them to write yeah. articles? There's a list on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's I think it 72 or some weird number like that. Uh, Alicia Malone and some other critics, they're all female, put it together. And that's a far better list. It's not great. There's some obvious ones, but something like that. And do we feel like we need more female-led movies in order to, to sort of tip the scales? 
think there's plenty of um, female-led um, movies out there. They just don't. They're just not getting the love that they deserve. That's what I find. People, what people don't realise is how important opening weekends are for films, mm. particularly for films by female um, filmmakers or female-led stories. You know, there's plenty of proof that the, these films can do well at the box office, but they're not picked up just disappear without trace. It's like the kindergarten teacher is Netflix film, right? And it's, it's getting a limited theatrical run, but it's going to still play to the same niche crowd. So for all of the shade that's gone back and forth with Captain Marvel, it's like people are watching it. The box office figures are there, I believe. But it's it's so difficult because there's so much more to prove with whether the female, you know, st- led story is being watched. Um, you know, it's being watched a lot. It's being scrutinised a lot more heavily than any any story that's being led by a man. That's for sure. Look, look what happened to Widows. You know, that's a good example. Box office. That really infuriated me because it was this. It's this amazing thriller. It was so well done, mm. and you got a great cast and a great director behind it and but it i you know what i i remember watching it at london film festival because it was the opening film but i didn't hear anything about a general release and it was so completely sidelined in the award season and i thought that was just not fair your husband's been dead a month why are you being such a bitch you're being a cunt don't you say that word to me it's appropriate you're being a cunt a friend that's a friend no one You're not a friend. You're just a stupid girl with nothing in your head. I'm not stupid. Why don't you keep your legs shut? David is going to help us. Help us do he what? He thinks the blueprints are a safe room. He's going to find out where it is. Idiot. You're a cold old bitch. <gasps> I'm done being treated like shit. Not again. Not by you. Not by anyone. I think that's also part of this bigger issue around, um, I guess, it's kind of like a form of tokenism where any kind of movie that's made by women or by a minority is kind of, um, the success or failure seems to reflect on that group more than any movie that white men make. Like, if, you know, if a woman directs a movie and it doesn't do well, that is seen as a sign that all female films will not do well or... Um, Things like that, like white men are allowed to fail up in the industry so much where if um, a woman directs a movie that doesn't, you know, make a huge amount of money at the box office, you don't hear from them for another 10 years because Mm -hmm. it's so hard for them to get funding again. And I think that really, really limits the amount of films that are able to be made because you just take it as the sort of conventional wisdom that like, oh, well, people aren't interested in seeing this type of movie by a woman. And it's like, no, maybe this particular movie just didn't work or it didn't find an audience or it was marketed poorly or a million other reasons why movies don't make money every single day. So, mm-hmm. I think as well is that there is a sort of toxicity around this idea of, you know, you saw it with the female Ghostbusters um, where it was almost just a, trying to say, oh well, no, you're taking a franchise that belonged to to the to these fa- male fans, and you know you're you're taking it, it like it it belongs it belongs to everybody, and it, yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to go, you know, I, I personally I I didn't enjoy the movie, but that wasn't because it was you know female, you know, or female cast. I just thought. 
you know it wasn't really my type of thing but mm. at the same time it, you know to to criticize it for having a, a female cast and not actually criticize it for maybe its writing or direction uh, you know you're not actually analyzing the film play you're just centering on one aspect of the movie and i think that's it seems to be the way that it is nowadays like there is a lot more pressure on female-led films to make money and to please a male audience yeah what what you're forgetting about Ghostbusters, though, is the recent legislation that was passed where no Ghostbusters fan is ever allowed to watch the original Ghostbusters ever again. <laughs> They're only allowed to watch the female one. They cannot engage with the old Ghostbusters. Oh, so okay. it really makes sense how out of, been out of shape they are about it. Well, of, course, of course, it makes all the old void. I forgot about that rule. So. Yeah. Of course, they're entitled to their anger now. It's all totally fine. Well done, men. <laughs> and and, and um, select few angry women, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> I, I didn't see any women. I'll just say this now. I didn't see any women complain about, about that film. Uh, you know, being remade. No, I, di- I didn't either, to be perfectly frank. I, I would be surprised it was a sea of bro-ish. Just... But what makes me grew up loving Ghostbusters, it's kitschy, it's fun, but it's Ghostbusters, mate. It's not Citizen Kane, and who cares if it was? It's like, in the canon of untouchable works, Ghostbusters <laughs> is not the thing, guys. Just cool your boots. Where do we see the sort of future for um, female-led films and, and the the strong female character. We are now seeing more actresses or more female characters not take, taking a lead on not only action films, but thrillers, horrors, that kind of thing. It's, it's no, they're, no longer, they're no longer the default supporting character. They, we, mm. it, we, they've proven that they can hold their own. I think that's what they yeah. have to end of remember. I completely agree. I think also, yeah, it, it's about women having agency. Um, however, you know, we define whether they're strong or not. I think when a woman walks on screen, what is she doing there? It's a bit like, you know, I guess the Bechdel test, but more than that, it's like, oh, who is she? Do you actually remember what her name is by the end of the film, whether or not the film is about her? Because it's not actually just about lead characters, it's about like, great supporting characters and care about what happens and whether or not you like them. And I think that characters with their own agency, with backstories that you can leave in or situations across different generations as well, older women, just to get to see someone like Glenco still sort of smashing it you know and having those kind of roles but those those films matter in that way have i got time just to reference some like international cinema which i have done of course this, yeah don't have this issue just some films i want to reel off i won't talk about them but um uh, if you get here which is a 1977 film based on like you know the sa- killing of a sacred deer the the mythology of it that's about a, woman, a girl who has to be sacrificed and a mother trying to talk her out of it. That is strong characters, if ever I saw one. Um, anything by Bergman or Murderbar? Oh, yeah. Or Murderbar especially. I mean, man, he knows how to write women. Um, Blue is the warmest colour. Then you've got films like Raise the Red Lantern. The Assassin. Rosetta, the Darden brothers. Rosetta is one of the strongest characters ever in cinema for what she has to put herself through and just some other films the handmaiden and they use them they use the mind the handmaiden is one of my favorite films what those two women achieve in that film brilliant you know films like that 
Mustang. I mean, I could go on. Uh, but there's some really internationally, some of my favourite films of the last few years I've found are just centred female storylines and strong characters. No, I know this might be a very action-oriented kind of role, but I loved the main character in The Villainess. It's a brilliant film. Yeah. And she is a great, great character. That opening scene, just on its own, is a masterpiece. She is just brilliant in it. Sorry. Yeah. I, no, I agree, I agree. And she's got a story, and she's got a reason why she has to yeah. do go through that. Yeah, and brilliant. Yeah, I love that. You have to say that Captain Marvel is going to be, it's on track to be one of the highest grossing movies, just kind of in yeah. general, but it's like perfect. of the Marvel Universe, which means that they can't ignore the fact that people will go see movies mm-hmm. about women. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think so. it's currently the second highest grossing film, the global box office so far. So that's, that's, that's all you really need to hear. About yeah. about the about whether people are actually going to go going to watch it. Yeah, and considering like, the amount of stuff I saw saying, "Oh, this is going to flop. This is going to be Marvel's first box office failure." Um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, eat your words, pretty much, because clearly it's not happening. Uh, I've never seen a film that's had to face such backlash and from so-called fans personal as well people really were gunning for brie larson on a personal level and 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 kudos to her for just i don't know how she deals with it but it's just that just doesn't happen that would not happen to like chris hemsworth people you know the weight of the mcu is not placed on their shoulders when they go out to do press I think when Jude Law says to her at the beginning, when I went to see it, and he says, like, you're, you're letting your emotions, don't let your emotions take over it. Uh, I just think people just get the dickers in a twist of her lines like that, and they're like, oh, it's bloody, why is she agreed to do this film? How long are you planning to be in town? Oh, I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. Scrolls? Shapeshifters. They can transform to any life form down to the DNA. Oh boy, you guys don't have any clue, do you? Whoa, 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 hold on. How do we know you're not one of those shapeshifters? Congratulations, Agent Fury. You have finally asked a relevant question. I couldn't get over um, towards the end of the movie when she is fighting with one of the characters and that character is telling her kind of like, oh, if you fight, like, the way I want you to fight, that'll prove that you are, like, as good as you, you know, like, that'll be your final test. And she's just like, I don't need to prove myself to you. Like, I don't need to fight the way you think I should. I don't need to do things um, according to, you don't get to dictate how I'm going to do things. I'm going to use my own skill set to do what I do best and I feel like that's just kind of what people are always telling women like you need to conform to like how I see success or how I see like you being good at this and sometimes that doesn't always go in line with the way that like with your own skills and abilities and the way you see things and you just need to like do things your own way and forget but you don't need to prove yourself to anybody else just do it the way that will help you succeed and if that's not what the men want you to do, then that's okay. Doesn't matter. And I love that that was in the movie. So. Now that the truth is just a rule you command. You crack the web, shape shift and 
trick the past again. 